do, 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 do. Here we go. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 268. What is Zen Parenting Radio? It's a podcast where you'll feel outstanding. Who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And don't forget, sweetie, that our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is what? Parents' self-understanding. Parents' self-understanding. Very good. Um, I have a feeling this might be a longer show. Okay. Uh, Hopefully our audience sticks with us because we have a lot of good things to talk about on this show. And so anyways, that's what I hope. So, but first, uh, events. We have a big one coming up on Wednesday. What is that event? Uh, the Hunting Ground uh, documentary screening. It's at York Theater here in Elmhurst. It's at 7 p.m. It's a one-night, one-time showing. This is it. Um, and we highly recommend that all parents attend, parents of boys and girls. Um, it's appropriate for kids 14 and up, so high school students and college students. Um, and we really, you know, we hope to see a lot of people there. We hope to see a lot of men. We hope to see a lot of women. Women. I hope to see college students and younger. Um, this high school, is high school. What do we say? 15? 14, 14 and up. 14 um, and up. Yeah, that was what I read. The recommendation was, and I've seen it. And there's nothing overtly graphic. It's just the subject Theme. matter yeah, is heavy. heavy. Yeah. And you know, for anybody younger, it's it's too much information. Right. Um, so. Why we think this is so important is because the messages that we give our boys and girls early on in life is what shapes what happens in college. A lot of people have approached me even this weekend and said, well, I wanted to go, but I don't have any kids in college. I'm not even close. And that's not it. This is not about kids going to college. It's about how these messages we give our kids early on create this environment in college. So as we've said over and over again, we hope you don't start talking to your kids about these things right before they head out the door to school. Time is now. college. Um, the time is now to have an understanding of what messages our kids are receiving. So with yeah. that said. All right. Um, our first partner is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. That's uh, chirotree.com, uh, 630-941-8733. Dr. Kelly adjusts us, uh, my whole family, every other week. And I think we have to get there this week, don't we? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. But our, in, in addition to our amazing partners, this podcast is also getting brought to you by... Who? Dumb and Dumber. Oh, geez. Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite lines. So this will scatter. I'll throw some Dumb and Dumber lines throughout the podcast. And I will say, be thoughtful about those just because we're talking about some pretty serious subject matter. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's nice to have the little comic relief. So I appreciate that yeah, you offer and I, that. And I'm glad you brought that up because obviously we had some heavy uh, things happen in the world. World, yes. Uh, Friday night? Um, I think so. In yeah. Paris, France, as we all know. And, but I'm not going to not have fun because we're talking about something heavy. I understand. No, and I appreciate you saying that yeah. because it's given me the opportunity because I thought about not doing it. Right. And I don't want to not do that. Right. Then they win. Well, because we have to be whole. Remember, everybody, the, you know, we can, um, and we're going to talk about crisis on this show, so we're going to discuss what happened, um, but we have to stay whole, that we can be scared and we can be angry, but we also have to make sure we lean into our joy. We also have to laugh. We also have to figure out a way to stay together. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, literally, like to stay together as people and also individually keep ourselves together. And if we let go of all these pieces of ourselves and stay on our knees 
too long, yeah. um, then and when I say stay on our knees, I mean sometimes when I'm grief stricken, I literally drop, yeah. you know, and that's a good thing um, in releasing. But I then have to look back up, yeah. you know. Um, so, so we're going to talk about crisis, um, not specific to what happened last week, but I, what I want to talk about is how to talk to our kids about, about crisis. So that's going to be the mm-hmm. big uh, part of the content. Uh, we're also, I haven't even shared this with you, sweetie, but there's a blog I read and it's simple, but practical 10 things that middle schoolers need to be able to do on their own by the time they get to middle school. Okay. It's going to be quick. Okay. Don't worry. 10 things. Hey, it's like a list thing, but no, it's good. It's, it'll, it'll facilitate good discussion between, between you and I. And I think the, uh, listeners will get something out of it. Okay. All right. And let's launch into, uh, crisis Helping our kids with crisis. Okay. So helping our kids with crisis. So as Todd mentioned, we just experienced another uh, terrorist attack and so much, you know, such a, um, such a destructive and scary experience for the whole world that I knew that I, of course, had to be the ones to share with my children first. Um, not every detail. We didn't even turn on the TV and watch the news. Right. Um, but I wanted them to know from Todd and I what had happened. And why is that important? Um, I feel like we, as parents, can set the tone for how our children experience something. Right. I knew that either on Saturday or when the kids went to school today, that it was going to be a topic of discussion, either in their classrooms or amongst the kids. And if we hadn't discussed it first, it's, you know, Todd, it's kind of like the, um, it's kind of like the sex talk where we talked about if your parents talk to you first about sex and you question your peers, but if your peers talk to you first and you question your parents, if they went to school today and heard from a bunch of kids. So you want to be first if you can. Right. It's, and it's not about I'm your teacher. I get to tell you. It's not that. It's no, not an ego No, you get to give them the first thing. impression on what happened. Exactly. Good language. First impression, set the tone. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I shared with them is that, you know, it was, I think it must have been Saturday morning because I feel like, anyway, I said, I want you guys to know something that you're going to hear on the news. I said, and it's nothing that is happening to you right now. You know, I yeah, want first you to thing understand. you want to keep them safe. You want you know, to have them feel safe. Yeah, like you are fine. We are fine. But I want you to understand that in Paris, and all of our kids love Paris for some reason. Really? They've never been. Oh, yeah. Like, well, we know Cameron's report. Yeah, yeah she's got that PowerPoint. Thing. Yes. And Skylar wants to move there oh, because I didn't she know wants that. to be like this character, Ellie. And, um, JC is in the process of she's taking French and right. she has been for a few years. So she's a little more. Anyway, they have never been there. Um, but I said in Paris, there was a terrorist attack and it was uh, it was meant to scare and it was meant to create fear. And they actually know who ISIS is, too, because they have what's that um, show that they have that is Kate, it's not Channel Zero. Or channel whatever. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show before, but they channel have channel one news. Channel one news. I was going to say cable one, but that's yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah. Um. So channel one news. So they've heard about what ISIS is in a very limited fashion. Right. Um. And so I said it's this group that believes that, um, you know, that spreading hate is what will create change. Mm-hmm. And what interestingly happened is that they spread hate and they, you know, hurt people and created fear, but they created compassionate solidarity all over the world. Yeah. Like they, they actually, actually brought us together. They actually created the opposite, yeah. which is really 
um, important to understand is that the vast majority of people around this world want to care for each other, take care of each other, and be good to each other. Right. And these are this, there's a word there's a reason why we use the word extremists. Right. And so you have to understand that they are they're misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. They have been fed something that is untrue. They can no longer tap into who they are. They're missing that they they were born whole, mm. but they were taught or fed or misinformation. Misinformation their entire lives. That we are separate. That we are separate and that harming is the way to create whatever kind of change they're looking for. So that was the way we started. And then I said, do you have any questions? And they, you know, had a few really basic ones. Um, and, you know, kind of like is, you know, the, the things that kids have, you know, ask, well, is that going to happen here? Um, you know, did you know anybody? You know, very literal questions. Right. And I don't have a lot of answers to those questions, meaning that I don't think I knew anybody. So when you don't know the answer, say, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know. Because sometimes as parents, we like to have all the absolute precise answer to each, each question that our child asks. One, that's not realistic. Two, if you're BSing your way through it, they're going to feel it. So just say you don't know. And the, like to your point, we like to have these definitive answers, like wrap it all up perfectly so our kids walk away and you know feel that nothing could happen. And in no way did I say, I don't know, it could. I said, I don't know, but I'll tell you something, that since 9-11, which they all know about, we have a different understanding, we have a different set of intelligence, and that... We, since 9-11, you know, have not had an issue here. Mm -hmm. Now, that's just a matter-of-fact answer, meaning that as adults, we know that 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 doesn't mean that things haven't been tried or sure. attempted, right. but that's not necessary for them. I was just giving that them that frame of reference that um, understand that there are people on this all the time. And, you know, there are people whose jobs are to... Keep us safe. Yeah. And that is what they that is what they're meant to do in this life. That is what they want to do. You know, our military, our I'm gonna say our politicians, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, they're right. not, but truthfully, we have to depend on them in times like this. Yeah. And so let me switch gears for a second. Then I wanted to go to, so what do we do? Okay, so what do we do with this information rather than me just dump and walk away? Mm -hmm. What do we do when something like this happens? What we have to choose something. What are we going to choose? Um, anger or compassion? Is that where you're going? Yeah. I mean, I think that we have every right to be angry and upset for a while. Um, we have every right to feel afraid because that's so normal. I did. I do. Yeah. You know, I still think about it. Um, and that's a very normal emotional experience. But then when it comes to our behavior, our choices, we have to decide. Right. And I just wrote something um, that... Is it going to be on your blog? It is. I haven't even posted it yet, but this show goes up tomorrow, and so it will be up by tomorrow. And while I was talking to them, the thing that came into my head most profoundly was the Grinch. Ah. You're a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. And while... You know, for the greater population, talking about the Grinch compared to terrorist attacks isn't yeah, why isn't you... quite the same. Right. When talking to children, I found that it really helped to say to them, when the Grinch did what he did, and he was destructive, and he stole, mm. and he deceived, and he made all those choices, mm. what did the Who's do in the morning? They came together and they sang songs regardless if there were presents down there or not. Correct. 
they came together and they sang songs. They woke up, they looked around. Kind of like that picture in Paris where it said, not afraid. Exactly. They went outside. My legs tingle when you say that. The people of Paris went outside, gathered. Where there's danger. Where there's danger. Versus being inside your apartment or your house. And they had those signs held up that said, not afraid. We are not going to stop living. And that's what the Who's did. Yeah. That... What's most the important... The Parisians were a bunch of who's. They were. They are. And of course, within that, people lost their lives. Yeah. And there is there is tragedy there. And there's a ripple effect because I think it was like 120 people or maybe mm-hmm. it was even more. And all of those people had family. Yeah. All of those people had friends. And that's creating a huge ripple effect of grief. So I'm not downplaying that because that has its own set of understanding. But for those of us who are here... Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to honor their lives by honoring our life. Yes. And we have to continue. Yeah. And what do we continue with? Do we continue with anger? And do we continue with being, you know, people, you know, demonstrated their darkness to us? Do we then go out and be, you know, use our darkness against people? Well, on Facebook, I saw, but, you know, that's the Martin Luther King quote. I think yes. it was his. Is yes, you cannot drive away darkness with more darkness. You can only drive away darkness with, with light. light. Mm-hmm. So, and that's exactly. And and I I think people say those quotes and and they feel deep down that those are the most important things. But as Todd and I always encourage you to do, practice it. Are you practicing it? Are you still honking at the person that didn't go immediately? at the green light? Are you still thinking that your waitress is too slow and doesn't care about you and doesn't work hard enough? Are you still thinking that when your child is struggling that they're difficult and acting like a baby? Are you still behaving in that way? Yeah. Because then you're not understanding the quote well enough. What we need right now is a whole lot of light mm-hmm. because that is, you know, that is the only thing that can create this change. Yeah. You know, well, David Foster Wallace, this is water. I mean, that's right. and I don't we I don't think we've ever played that because it's mostly visual, but um I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. A lot of times it's hard to find, but it's an example of be compassionate when, you know, it gives you an, it invites you to walk the walk instead of just saying, "Oh, I'm a good person." And then you right. yell at somebody in right. road rage or you yell at your kid even though he or she just did something that she always does. It just so happens that he or she did it when you were in a bad mood and then all of a sudden you react differently. Mm-hmm. So um, I was going to say something else, but I don't remember what it was. Well, you know what I, a few things came into my head this weekend. Um, one of them was, you know, again, going to the question of what can we do now? And my, my, the language that kept coming to my head is let's just be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean visually like look good. I mean, let's just be beautiful people because being beautiful people are it's the light we're light driven people not only are we seeking light but we are bringing out light and be be beautiful and i thought about since that was coming into my head i thought about cheryl strade's book wild and one of the um quotes that her mom said to her and that kind of sustained cheryl was put yourself in the way of beauty Mm. when you are struggling put yourself in the way of beauty basically find beauty and you know either make it bigger or just lean into allow it. it to come allow in it you. to come in and so as I was this is kind of cool you know a synchronistic thing so I was thinking about that really deeply um, on Saturday night and I was walk, watching Mockingjay part one with uh, my girls because of course part two comes out this weekend and gosh you know that movie it, it, just the whole Hunger Games trilogy it's just so heavy you mm-hmm. know so well done but heavy 
And there's this scene in Mockingjay Part 1 where uh, Gail and Katniss... Is Gail a guy or a girl? A guy. Okay, sorry. Do you really not know that, my love? No, I have no freaking clue. Okay, you don't know Gail? No. Okay. All right. He's the boyfriend guy from part two? He's really not the boyfriend. He is the uh, The the tall, good-looking dude. Right. The best friend from home. Got it. Um, While they're walking through, they were actually considering hunting, but they Mm -hmm. decide not to hunt because there's this moose who's unafraid of them. And when she realizes he's unafraid, Gail says to her, that's because they've never been hunted before. Mm -hmm. So they don't recognize that they should be afraid. And I thought that was powerful. And then they walk down to this place where there's this opening and there's water. And understand that Katniss has just been through, (laughs) I don't even know how much time has passed. She's had a tough few years. Oh, my gosh. And she sits down and just looks at the water and smiles and puts her head on Gail's shoulder. It lasts two minutes. And then they get up and go back. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you got that out of it. And maybe I would get that. But I need somebody like you to point those scenes out to me because I'd be like, all right, let's get on with it. What's the next scene? And she was putting herself in the way of beauty. Yeah. In, in, the, in everything that was going on around her, and all of the ugliness and death, and I know this is a fictional character, but let's learn from fictional characters. Yeah. She stopped and said, this is beautiful, mm-hmm. and took it in and then moved on. And that's what we have to do. Because if you decide that everything is dark and everything is bad, you will find evidence to support that. Absolutely. Walk out the door, you'll find it. That's right. And you will create it. I walk out the door, I could see my neighbor who's blowing leaves at 7 a.m. and I could be, why does he have to, can he wait until 8.30? Or I could say, what a lovely man. What a lovely man. He really helps us when we need it. He does. So we, whenever you walk out the door, depending on what filter you're looking through, will dictate what you receive, what you get back. That's right. Whatever filter you're looking through will dictate what you receive. That's right. That's a great quote. Thank you. That's great. You should write that down. That's uh, too late. All right. Um, so that is that is how we talk about crisis. And, and I will say, and when I say that is how, there's a million ways. You don't have to do it the way that I just said. But what I mean is what we have to remember is that even though the fear is real and I, we're not even close to being fully through this grieving process, mm-hmm. we have to remember what creates change is light. Yeah. And that after we get up from being on our knees, we have to then put ourselves in the way of beauty. And that, in a literal way, creates change. Well, and you say put yourself in the way of beauty. And I think from your example, Katniss basically was just very mindful in that moment. Absolutely. She's very present. Absolutely. So, you know, once again, we're kind of saying the same thing as we've said over and over and over again, just in a different way, which is, you know, be present, be mindful, love one another, all that other good stuff. So That's right. And, you know, these things, you know, this Paris attack, um, hit the entire world and we are all grieving together and we're connected and we're all, you know, changing our Facebook, you know, profile and, you know, we're, we're connecting to people around the world and that's amazing. Um, but the, this kind of conversation is just as important for our personal crisis, the crisis in our home, um, the things that happen here in the States, um, the things that happen to our neighbor, the, these are, it's the same way because, you know, Todd and I had an experience with some people who were going through a struggle and they kept saying to us, 
there's just nothing good about this. There's nothing good that's going to come out of this. This is just the worst. This is every piece of this is bad. And even though I completely heard them, meaning that the pain was real mm. and there wasn't anything that was overtly beautiful, yeah, we got to find it. Yeah. And when I say find it, I don't mean find the lesson. Not when you're in the middle of it. That's a hindsight thing. But we've got to, in the midst of crisis, look for it. Well, the Mr. Rogers thing, you know, look at all the people. Like, you can look at some panic CNN clip of some guy getting carried away who's not doing well or is, God forbid, died. Or you can focus on all these people that are trying to help these people who are just coming out of it. And then this is more of a practical thing. You and I don't watch the news Mm -mm. like most like a lot of families do. Mm. And this is just a reminder that I understand if you want to be informed and all that, but be very sensitive to your children Mm -hmm. and their eyes and their brain development and where they are Mm -hmm. and their own evolution. And, uh, you know, if you have to find out, why can't you find out on your computer Mm -hmm. by yourself? Because a lot of people have those news programs on a lot. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's the real world. Well... I don't know. It's a version it is of the world. an example of the real world. And there's many other examples of the real world that have nothing to do with toxicity or evil or fear or whatever. And especially with something like this, you know, last night we were, um, this, you know, I'm talking about Sunday night. We were watching some, or we, we had guests over and they all left. And my Thank daughter goodness. was. <laughs> no. Good riddance. No. My, uh, my daughter was laying on the couch in 60 minutes happened to oh, come yeah. on after the football yeah. game. Yeah. And she said, I love 60 Minutes, which she does, because sometimes there's good, you know. Yeah. And I Taylor said, Swift is on yeah, 60 Minutes. Yeah, and, and many others she loves. And I said, nah, we're not going to do that to ourselves, because if she has questions about it, she can read what she wants to. We can talk about it. But the visuals of people, and again, I'm being protective of myself because I'll absorb that. Yeah. And that is not helpful to, and again, be literal, you guys. If you absorb you can know what's going on and send love and light and prayers and whatever, you know, monetary gifts or whatever we can do. But to absorb all that pain takes our energy to a place where we can't help anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me a long time to understand that is I used to believe that if I absorbed other people's pain, I was helping. And but actually you're hurting I'm them. hurting them. Yourself, obviously, and them in the meantime. Because then I can't give back. No. Then I can't then I can't help. Then I can't talk to my kids. Then I can't talk about this in an authentic way because I'm too down on the ground about it. Stay above it. I got and, – and stay above it doesn't mean I'm not aware of it. Again, this is what we have to differentiate betwe- between. Just like – I'm going to use the who's again. Mm-hmm. They knew there was destruction. They knew that everything was gone. I know that this is happening in the world. I am very aware. But at the same time – I have to stay aware of what's going to create the change. And what's going to create the change is light. And whatever that means for you, light, um, that's where we have to put our energy. Awesome. Um, Well done, sweetie. Where's my clapping sound? I don't know. It's right here. Thank you, honey. Um, And then don't forget about our our other guest, sweetie. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? (laughs) How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. Oh, Lloyd. Lloyd Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. Um, Our second partner is John J. Kelly. 
dentist extraordinaire, not your father's dentist. Um, he specializes in non-retractable orthodontics, and he's doing that with uh, two of our three daughters. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, he has a focus on facial development. He uh, has kind of a different way of going about it. We certainly endorse him. Uh, 773-631-6844, and that's chicagodentistonline.com. Um, questions? Yes. Uh, or no, let's not. Let's save questions to the end. So there's a blog I wrote. Or none that I read. I didn't read <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't I, read it. I didn't that. read it. From some lady named Elizabeth Stitt, S-T-I-T-T. And it's, uh, what's the title of it? It is called um, 10 Things They Need to Know, They Need to Be Able to Do on Their Own by Middle School. All right? 10 Things Kids Need to Be Able to Know How to Do Before Middle School? Yeah. Okay. And this lady is a middle school teacher for a dozen years. Oh, great. So that's her expertise. Um and I just want to hear what your thoughts are on this. All right. And maybe we'll have some discussion. Number one, get up, get dressed, and get washed up on their own. Of course. Now, you say, of course, and I have a buddy who plays basketball, and I'm not going to name his name, but he has high schoolers, and he has to stop playing basketball to call them. Hmm. Well, that's a an agreement they've made. If Yes, it is. And right. that's an agreement I di- and that I disagree with. Well, and again, that's maybe that's a way if he I don't know what his schedule is like, but maybe he works all day or he's gone at night and his connection with his children begins in the morning, so he wakes them up. It, it's an agreement meaning that I think we can get to nitpicky like it's not an alarm that wakes you up, you're not mature versus sometimes someone shakes But I'm trying to play basketball and I know. he's got to stop Your doing needs what he's doing. Aren't being yes. <laughs> And it's a metaphor. I mean, I I know you're trying to see the good in this, but I'm just like, if your high schooler needs a phone call, you know. So you you think that the alarm should get yourself up, right? It's not my job to wake you up, right? There's, I I hear you, um, but I would just before we criticize and judge everybody who does that. That's my job. I know criticizing, judging Todd, compassion and love and empathy, sweetie. (laughs) Got it. Well, uh, we both have both. We both have both, my dear. Number two, make their own breakfasts. Sure. Agreed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that doesn't mean they always do, but they can. See, like one of the things is when you travel, the girls know how to go downstairs and get their own breakfast because when Todd Todd is actually, when we get up in the morning, I tend to get you know everybody up and going, but then I have things that I do. You know, I get in the shower, meditate, all that kind of stuff. So Todd is downstairs and he's kind of talking Facilitating the, the morning. But when you're not here, they do it by I themselves. maintain my schedule and they do it themselves. So they can do it. Yes. And I'll get into this in the next few examples, but there are, we're not saying, first of all, this isn't our list. No. It's simply a discussion point. Right. Make your own list. Right. Don't do our list. Don't do this lady's list, but make your own. But um, there are certain things that I like doing. I like making them breakfast. And this is my point. And that is my connection to them. And that's my point about your friend who calls them. He may like that. He likes to say, I'm the first voice you hear in the morning. But I talk to him. He doesn't like it. Oh, he doesn't like it. No. Okay. He begrudgingly does it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, then it's different. Number three, make their own lunches. Sure. Now, once again, I kind of do this for my kids. I kind of like doing it. I put my headphones on. I clean the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I make lunches. Because they like to have notes in there. I I put notes in there today Mm -hmm. just for our other two because one of our kids is home sick, playing hooky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number four, get to school on their own. You know, middle school, middle school. I think that comes in time. Like, for example, my oldest who rides the bus, she goes to the bus on her own, Mm -hmm. gets on the bus and then Gets her butt gets home. Her, gets her butt home when she gets off. So, yes, 
Yeah. But there's, you know, then we're in this there's world, a, there's safety. There's things. all different variables. Right. right. Okay. Number five, do homework on their own. Now, this is uh-huh. a big one uh-huh. because uh, I, I think we have a pretty good homework system. Now, yeah. you are kind of the one in charge of that. Mm-hmm. What happens is Kathy sits at the table, mm-hmm. sometimes a- attending to them, but usually- I'm usually doing my own work. On yeah. your computer. Mm-hmm. And if they need help- They ask me. They'll ask. And one thing that I do, and I think you do, is they'll take the path of least resistance saying, mom, I don't know how to do this one, before they even really try. Correct. So how do you get them to try? Um, read it to me. Yeah. That's usually my first question. Read it to me. And I'll say, have you looked in that passage? Mm-hmm. Or, well, I read it before. Well, why don't you try and read it again? And right. then if you can't find it. But it, what's interesting is that that's my two youngest. Mm-hmm. My middle schooler, I'm not saying she never asks for help. She does. But most of the time, we're side she's by on side. Her own, yeah. she's, she's got earphones on. She's doing her own thing. I don't know how she does that, by I don't, the way. Well, I think I used to, too. This lady who wrote this blog, when they asked for help, encouraged them to attack it on their own by asking supportive questions. How can you approach this? What is the assignment asking for? How does this assignment look like other assignments you've done? What strategy can you use here? Ask and then back off. Well, and here's something important when we're reading blogs or we're, we're taking other people's advice. We have to stay human and real. Mm-hmm. If you take vi- advice literally and you say to your children, have you read the book? Yeah, yeah. Have you, it's so make your annoying own, make, to children. Yeah, make your own language. You, just be real. Just be you real. You know, have you have you tried it yet? Zen gets real. Zen gets real, like our conference, March right. 11th and 12th. Don't um, but I, I think that what's important is to take this information and then integrate it into our system and allow it to come through genuinely. Right. Then take it literally. Number six, do some cooking and some cleaning. Sure. They're pretty yeah. good at that. They actually like <laughs> they like cooking and I don't like letting them help yeah. because I like to just be alone. So I sometimes think I'm lacking in that area. Yeah. But. And that's a good admission. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Number seven, choose. This is a big one. Okay. Choose their own electives and extracurricular activities. For sure. Now you say that that's... Obviously, it's for sure. It's obvious for us. And I was talking um, to one of my daughter's friends, mm-hmm. and I said, well, what would happen if um, you decided to quit this sport? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I can't quit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, after this session, or mm-hmm. like, let's say this is the last year. After the year, season. My parents won't let me. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't get it. it well... I, I don't necessarily either, but I think that there there was a, something going around Facebook a week or so ago, and it was this thing about, because I love you, here's the 15 things that I'm going to make you do. And one of them was... I think I love you, so I what am I so afraid of? of. Um, one of them was be in as many sports, activities, and extracurriculars as possible. That will keep you out of trouble. And, you know, there's all these people giving likes to all these things we're telling our kids to do. And there's no room for, like, what do you want? Yeah. And and who are you and what's important to you? And that doesn't mean they're not going to be involved in anything. It's it's have you – has your fear overtaken the moment so much that there's no space for them to have any input? Yeah. Um, and are they really doing what they want to do or are they doing things to appease you or are they doing things because you have rules Mm. about doing things? And I I just want to say that I watched an interview with Shonda Rhimes last night on Oprah uh, Super Soul Sunday and one of the things she said is that she... (laughs) 
one of the things she said, and I we've heard this a lot from illustrators, writers, you know, artists, singers, that she spent a lot of time by herself. She felt at one point in her life she didn't have a lot of friends. She didn't have a lot of activities. She felt like an outcast. And she spent a lot of time in her room writing characters. Mm. And she created a world through writing cr- characters and that these characters came to life for her where she felt like she no longer didn't have friends. And then her life evolved and she did become friendly with people and now she's Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. My point is, is that was an essential part of becoming Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. And that a lot of times at this day and age, we don't leave any room for that. No space. No wonder they're not creative. And that's, and creativity is what makes a brain thrive. Yeah. We don't believe that. I guess my point in going on this tangent is parents who are saying you have to be in this, you have to do this, they are letting their fear of what could happen if they don't overtake the faith that their kids understand themselves and will maybe have a downtime, but we'll go back up and... So our fear is, my fear is, because I've had this fear. You and I have had, and I've kind of come through that belief system now. But I used to be like, you know, if we don't have our sixth grader, you know, really strongly encouraging them to do some after school activity, then my fear is they're going to go through their entire high school years (laughs) and never do any extracurricular activity. Our our seventh grader did cross country. And then when cross country was over, she didn't do any extracurricular activities. And God forbid, God forbid. (laughs) And she recently said she wanted to start playing lacrosse, which is good. I don't know anything about lacrosse. She came up with it. Yes. That is the most important lesson. She was given six weeks of her school year to come home after school. I don't even think it was that long. I don't know. It ended in September. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So that I think that that is extremely important. And um, I, I don't know, like we have another daughter who, you know, she does Girl Scouts and she does some Fans music and, stuff, yeah. but she does not do any big thing. God forbid. See, and you, it's your words I'm jumping on because, because Todd, this is the point I want I'm to make. Compar- listen to my comparison. Okay. Compared to the girl who, who is doing basketball five days a week oh, and God. playing, that's, that's that's the comparative. I know, but words are meaningful to me. And when you say she's not doing any big thing. I'm talking about time commitment thing. Comparatively speaking. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So, and we, and right now that's where she is. Good. And I am fine with that. Good. And I think a lot of other parents would be like, you got to get her into something. And Actually, you don't. Well, and actually, again, going back to my point, she is in things. And she also comes home and does homework and usually isn't done, you know, right. by well, until like six or something. Well, and that's the other thing. You know, she comes home, she has a bowl of cereal and she's do, doing homework for an hour. That's a long day. She's it waking is. up at 7 a.m. Right. And she's, aside from a bowl of cereal, she's working her brain. All day. All day until like 5 or 5.30. Right. That's and, a that's a ten hour day, and to and she's ten years old, and she's ten years old, and to you know the the point about being in things. There are two days a week that she does stay after school and do things. Yeah. There, you know, because she's got activities, and then she has um, you know the occasional Girl Scout meeting and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Then she has sometimes when she wants to play with her friends, God forbid, yeah, you know, have actually go to someone's house. Then there's dentist appointments and mm-hmm. chiropractic appointments and family coming over. Her life is full, full, and that's why I even though I totally hear you, and this isn't about you anymore, Todd. When people say they're not doing anything big i want to be like her life is it, it, it's not about it being perfect because it's changing constantly it's full yeah but it's not full of the things you, you think, think are make important. a difference yeah. exactly and so it's just space mm-hmm. you know it's just breathing space because 
the thing that I've noticed, not just in my kids, but other people's kids that I know well, they try things and they let it go and they move on and then they take a break and then they go into something else. It's called flow versus control. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. And I think anytime our kid wants to do something else, we feel out of control. Yep. And we try and re-control it. Number eight, talk to teachers to get clarification on assignments, to ask for help, to ask questions about comments and grades received. Sure. Yeah, our kid, our seventh grader does that quite well. Yeah. Number nine, be able to handle money. You're working on that. I am working on that. I'm going to be talking about a website soon because I'm taking a new strategy on teaching my daughters about money. And I will share more about that. But yes, money is a pretty big thing that I think is. And then lastly, getting around by themselves, like geographically. Do you know how to get from point A to point B? Yeah. Because a lot of kids are are looking at their phone or whatever, or even us. Like when I travel now, I'm completely dependent on GPS. Totally. Whereas before I would have a, I would print out MapQuest stuff and I would kind of know what direction I was going in. And now I, I'm completely clueless. Right. So I think that is something that's getting missed with not only children, but adults these days is just being able to navigate your way through a city or your town. Or, or feel the connectedness. Yeah. Like um, I, a lot of times when I'm driving with the girls, because I have to be honest and say I'm not very good with directions, but I do understand landmarks. And I will say things to the girls like, you know, well, if it comes up, it's not like I'm really teaching them about where we're going all the time. But if it comes up where we are, I'll say, oh, this is on the same street as Bethel. Or this is five blocks away from Dr. Kelly. Like you can give what them. What if you said if it was east of Bethel, sweetie? I wouldn't. I know. Because I don't I'm making fun that. of you yeah. right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. You're that. all about landmarks. I am. Landmarks help me and maybe it helps them. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's it. Those okay. are the 10. So this question that we actually just received about 20 minutes before coming down here, um, a listener, um, she was asking about um, sensitivity and having a daughter who is potentially highly sensitive. And I shouldn't even say potentially. It sounds like from the story she shared with me that her daughter is. And this writer um, or this person who asked the question, she feels that she's highly sensitive as well. Um, And they're kind of negotiating. It doesn't matter what you call it, you know, some people say, well, an empath is different, you know, different from being a highly sensitive person. And then there's intuitive and that it's just all words to mean that you feel things. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who work in this business and have to differentiate, I respect that. I understand. But at the same time, for this conversation, I'm kind of making it all the same thing. Right. Her question was, her daughter is definitely going through an experience where she's feeling more than usual, most likely because her daughter went through a traumatic event when she was younger. She Mm -hmm. actually actually was ill, mm-hmm. um, something that was very scary for her and and got better. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when those things happen to kids, and this is the same with adults, you get broken open. Yeah. And I mean that from a medical perspective and from a spiritual perspective. You're more you feel things more. You're more connected to what's more, what's most important. You're more connected to other people. You have more empathy and compassion. And in that case, in, in that situation, kind of what a blessing, right? Like it, not, you would never invite illness into your life, but if, if you learn these pretty powerful lessons, that's not the worst thing in the world. Well, you can look at it this way. You had this traumatic experience, and like you said, no one would wish that on anybody, but what can we pull from it? Yeah. It's already done, yeah. so what experience are we pulling from it? And for her, she's finding that she is highly sensitive to others. And her daughter actually went to school and found out that another boy was really sick, mm-hmm. um, and that really caused her 
a lot of anxiety. Yeah. She had a lot of feelings about that from, it could be many different things, that post-traumatic stress kind of feeling, or it could be that she was feeling what he was feeling or what other people were feeling about it. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. Um, and it sounds like from the letter they wrote that she actually, even before she knew this boy was sick, she knew something was coming. Yeah, she felt it. She felt it coming. So what I wanted to comment on was, I think a lot of people out there have this experience, and I know I do, and I want to say that what we have to do is learn how to take care of ourselves in these situations, that there's tools that we have to find, and sometimes we have to practice using a lot of different ones so we can continue to inhabit the world in the best way possible. And so we can also see this thing about feeling other people and having this you know, taking on other people's emotions sometimes as a gift rather than a curse. And so some suggestions that I had, I told her to just have her daughter listen to this. Um, Some suggestions I have is one thing I do when I'm going out to talk to someone, like do one-on-one, which I don't do as much anymore, or before I talk to a group, is I actually visualize white light. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to call it white light. You can just say light around you or a bubble around you. Around you? Around me. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm speaking in first person and second person. I visualize white light or a bubble around me that I can allow love out and love in, but anything that's negative cannot come in. Shielded. It's shielded. It's a visualization for me to be conscious of energy. Mm-hmm. It may not work for everybody, but it's something that I do. And sometimes I forget. I'll be like to in do the it. midst of a conversation uh, and I'll say, hold on one second. I'll need to take a breath and kind of do a visual. So that's something that I do. Water is huge for me. What does that mean? Drink um, water? All of the above. Being in water, baths, showers. Um, If I am in a situation where I'm teaching or there's a lot of negativity going on around me or I'm feeling other people's anxiety, I drink a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Whenever my kids are sick, what do I say to them over and over again? Drink Drink water. water. And part of that is to keep moving things through your system because you may have already taken some stuff in that you need to move through. And this is not just for highly sensitive people. This is for everybody. Yeah. There's but a, it's maybe more important right. to this woman's daughter it or may to be. you or like I I I don't think I would get as much value out of it as you, but we're two different people. It's not fine. That doesn't mean that the advice wouldn't work for me, but right. it just might work deeper for you. Right. And I just know that exactly. Like you may drink water for different reasons, but it might be helping in the other ways yeah. or it's not something you need. Yeah. Um, but like baths for me, when I've had kind of a heavy day and there's been a lot of chaos, water is really essential for me. I shower and take baths quite a bit. And that just, it just dissipates you it You do that when bit. you're sick too. I do. I And so do my children. Yeah. Water they is do. like- all, all three of them go to the bath or the yes, shower. Yes. And we use- um, I don't. I lay there miserable in bed. I know. Well, we use dead sea salt. We use, um, to put in the bath, we use baking, baking soda. soda. We use oils. It's just a tool. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't use meds. It doesn't mean that you can't go to the doctor. It means it's another tool. Like, you know, like we said, our daughter's sick. Tools and- without side effects. True. Um, the Two nights ago when she was really sick, she woke me up at two in the morning and said, I'm going to take a shower. And I said, no problem. Mm-hmm. Go take a shower. Like, go yeah. be with water. And, and I think... I might be like, why do you want to take a shower in the middle of the night? But you're like, no, do what you got to do. Take care of yourself. Again, going to this this top 10 list that you were doing, we have to teach our kids how to take care of themselves rather than try and tell them that they can't. Or, you know, if she has a way, yeah. then by all means, use it. And at least relatively speaking. Yeah. I'm sure people could give me examples that aren't appropriate. What else but, you got? You got anything else? Um, well, 
meditation. I'm not going to go deep into meditation, but I want to say to this writer's daughter and to her, starting the day by allowing your thoughts and energies and feelings to dissipate. And as Reverend Ed, Todd and I, to allow all that stuff swirling around Think of a like snow a globe, globe. Yeah. to allow it to settle to the bottom. So then you can go out into your day. How many minutes before it settles? You know, for me, it's about 11 minutes. I think for some people it'd be 30. It's an 11 minute meditation or it's settles at 11 and then you go further into your practice. Oh gosh, I would love to have more time than 11 minutes, but in my day that just wouldn't work. Got it. Um, and I, I can't even say that I'm always like, okay, now it's settled. Well, and the one thing I'll say is don't judge the thoughts that arise when you are meditating, allow them to come. And even if they stay, you know, maybe invite them to come in and then leave. But even if they don't leave that meditation is all about whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. You cannot meditate wrong. And Thank you so much for saying that because when I say that, I don't mean all my thoughts come up, they all go down, you know, they all go down like a snow globe and I'm all good. Sometimes there's something that's really stuck. Mm-hmm. But at least then and when I say stuck, I'm just aware that it's 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 you know, well, and if rotation. it takes a while, you kind of feel okay about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I may stop the meditation and say, wow, I'm just aware that's there today. Yeah. And so then I'm reacting from an awareness that it's there rather than walking around going, why am I so anxious? I know why I am. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that's important. And for people who are really feeling the anxiety, doing it in the morning and doing it at night is really nice too. I can't say I do that. Bookend the day. Yeah, bookend the day. I think that's really With valuable. With some self-care. And I also think that there are... Um, Breathing, yeah. Just I'm trying to put myself in your position of what I can advise this young girl is focus on your breath. Focus like on when your you're breath. in class, three mindful breaths. Exactly. And practicing it, like last night I woke up um, a little anxious about some things. I think because our daughter was sick and there's a lot going on with uh, a lot of change in my family and that kind of thing. And that is exactly what I do. There's something that um, uh, I got from our friend Shafali, uh, and I don't know if this is from her or if it's just a typical um, commentary about our thoughts, but um, reality is neutral. Hmm. And if I breathe on that, then I realize that everything that I'm putting on it is coming from me. Why don't you read the quote that you found from your daughter <laughs> that had to do with, you know, Oh yeah, well, just randomly. Well, one of, We're going to brag about our daughter well, here for a second. Well, it's not necessarily a brag. I'm I bragging. Think. Okay. Even though I didn't understand it. Well, it, I and, and this is the way I read it. So we came downstairs and she and her friend were doing, they do their own podcasting for fun. <laughs> Um, and they were doing that this weekend and there's this piece of paper right next to my microphone and it says, there is no anger in you. The only place in the world where there is anger is where you get your anger from. Yeah. And I thought about that. I'm like, uh, what she, what exactly is she talking about? And then as always, you help me understand. Well, in my perspective, I haven't talked to her about this, so I don't know if this is what she meant, but the way I read it, it's profound because there is no anger in me. This is a a reality is neutral thing. Yeah. There is no anger in me. Let's talk about the terrorist attacks. That was angry Mm -hmm. and that was full of anger and hatred and fear. And that, that act was angry, but anger doesn't live in me. Mm. I feel anger because I see that experience, but then I can. I'll let take it, go. it another step, though. These people who were responsible for this, you make well. There, there's the anger, and I would say actually they were taught something. Yeah. Growing up, which is why we do this flipping podcast. Yeah. That 
So I don't think they were born angry. No, they weren't. I don't think so at all. And I think that to this quote that my daughter wrote, there is no anger in you. They have decided anger is in them. Yeah. They have made the choice. They need to be reminded. They do. And and that's not a simple thing. No. Um, that's Been working on this for thousands of years. Thousands of years. I don't think we're going to solve it in this podcast. Um, but I at least we can shed some light on it and awareness yeah. that for them, anger does live in them, which then in turn creates that mm-hmm. misery right. for themselves and others. So we have to understand, we have to learn from that yeah. and not do that. And people will say, but of course I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't hurt anybody. I know. But how do how can you in the moment-to-moment awareness of your day maybe not yell at the person in front of you yeah. or not blame? Because even though that is nothing in compared to what happened this weekend, those little changes have ripples, have ripple effects. Butterfly. One side of the planet. Never That's quite right. understood all that. Butterfly effect. Do you have any other tips before I go into my listener's question? Um, the last thing I'll say is to um, this girl who's feeling these high sensitivities, you're not alone. There are many people who have this. Actually, everybody in the world has this sensitivity, but some people um, are more connected to it than others on a daily basis. And I just want you to know that there's it's a wonderful gift if we can learn how to take care of ourselves in the process. Um. What is the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have that. Uh, Kimberly wrote, would love some advice about technology. Sorry for the long question. My stepdaughter is turning 13 on Wednesday and her mother is buying her a laptop. Her mother also brought her an iPhone when she was 11 and gave it to her with no rules. Currently, no adult knows her passcode to this phone and she spends all her time on the phone. Majority of it with her bedroom door closed. I tried bringing this up a few months ago, and we asked her to charge her phone in the living room at night, which is what you and I do, sweetie. Uh-huh. She struggles with anxiety, and this rule quickly went out the window because her phone helped distract her at night instead of having a panic attack. Hmm. And yes, we have her in counseling, but only once a month. With a computer coming into the home that is solely for her, I now worry about how we're going to handle this technology if we can't even get a handle on her phone. I don't want her to be in her room on the computer with the door closed, but I also want to respect the fact that she wants more privacy these days. How do we set limits and start this conversation without sending the message? Why The message being, we don't trust you. And what limits are acceptable for a 13-year-old? Please help. Two things, and then I'm going to let you talk. Okay. One is... Uh, I don't know how a phone, maybe this is, I'm not coming at it from the right place, but I think a phone would increase my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety. Next Mm -hmm. to my bed. Now I have my bed, but I don't, like I use it and then I put it away and that's it. But it doesn't soothe me. Maybe it soothes her. And then the other thing is just a tip on phones and technology. We did do a podcast about this. It's at zenparentingradio.com slash 180. And it's all about striking the balance between freedom and privacy and all that stuff. So okay, what do you think? Well, I think to your point, you're saying it wouldn't soothe me, but that doesn't mean that, that this girl doesn't think it does. Right. Even if it's not literally soothing her central nervous system, which yeah. again, uh, the screen technology does not soothe our yeah, central nervous system. Yeah, and I think that's system. what I was trying to say. Yes. And so to your point, you are correct. But there, she has a belief system now mm-hmm. that, and, and you know what? I can understand. Like I was um, struggling last week. Um, I was sad about some things and I woke up in the middle of the night and watched 30 Rock. Yeah. So 
I watched it with you. You did. Thank you for doing that. And so I understand that there are times um, for all of us where we're like, I need to be distracted from the way I'm feeling. So mm-hmm. there's no way I can say, oh, that's bad. But what I can say is it's not a good habit to have on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those you know, things where we all kind of figure out that when we're having a tough night, sometimes waking up and watching a show you know, it helps, but maybe that's once a month yeah. that if that's our daily, every nightly experience that can, that we're not really doing what's best for our inner world. Right. With that said, um, maybe there's a way to, uh, do it slowly, you know, yeah. because it sounds ease like into it. ease into it because as you, it would be a shock to the system to is. completely it is. Remove. And you can give her the information and say, listen, I want you to have an understanding of what technology is doing to your nervous system. So though you feel like it's keeping you from having panic attacks, and I respect that. I understand that you believe that. Saying to them, saying to the children, oh, it doesn't, and you're ridiculous. We're not respecting their inner world right. and that they're having that experience. But say, but at the same time, I want you to understand what it's really doing. Mm-hmm. and maybe Or what it also does. What it also does. Better language. And even print out some things and show her. Yeah. Um, and say, so let's do also, along with maybe starting to get this phone downstairs before you go to bed, practice breathing. Maybe, yeah, maybe do it once a week in the beginning and then twice a week or whatever. Right. And it's similar to what we were saying about when our daughters are sick. You know, if they have strep throat and they need meds, okay, but they can also get in the water. Yeah. So it's like you can, you don't do have to do both. Yeah. And, you know, so these things are tough because there's a few things she said at the beginning, like it was introduced to her with no rules. And so you're having to do some backtracking. And that's fine. Yeah. We're all, it's not a perfection. We're always doing backtracking, yeah. aren't we? A lot of backing up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helps. But I, I, I strongly encourage anybody who's struggling with this to go back and listen to zenparentingradio.com slash 180. I forget the title, but it's something about striking a balance between yeah. phones and things like that. I don't feel like we gave that our full. I know, but we're also an hour in. Oh, okay. I hear um, you. iTunes reviews. Um Magic3461 says that it's exactly the inspiration she needed. As parents, sometimes we can feel so alone. Zen Parenting Radio Podcast connect me to the wider world of parents like me. Yay. I love the enthusiasm and the music snippets. Oh, good. As well as Todd and Kathy's perspective as a couple and individually as a mom and a dad. Thanks. Can't wait to hear more. And our second review is by Amy NC 2012 Calm Voices, Good Conversations. Mm. Found this podcast by searching parents on iTunes or parenting on iTunes. I find every episode a, worth, a worthwhile conversation, which often leads to more conversations with my husband, son, or even my high school students. All right. Good. Cool. Could we close out the show with the, song? the Grinch song? You're a mean one. Not that one. Mr. Grinch. Um, the song that I was talking about that when we're in crisis – and just like the Who's, they wake up and they choose something different. But first... I got robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized cart. I didn't even see it. Come <laughs> <laughs> um, And lastly, I'm going to go ahead and start playing this music. Okay. Um, Zen Parenting Conference, Zen Gets Real. Uh, it's coming along. March 11th and 12th. If you get your ticket now before 2016, use use Zen Friend coupon code mm-hmm. and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. Take care of business. Get your ticket. Taking care of business. Uh, why are we listening to this song? I already explained. These are the Who's. Just turn it up, babe. It's coming.
That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com, or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the send us a voice message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget, our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the Events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the Tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.